So, nope, that's not how I <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> okay. Hey there, friends. Welcome to Books That Shape Us. My name is Meg Runyon. I'm an artist, coach, and avid book lover. What's my favorite kind of book? It's the book that speaks to my soul. I'm endlessly fascinated by the power of stories to awaken us and change our lives. And the great thing is, any kind of book can speak to the soul. Join me as I chat with friends, new and old, about the books that captured their imaginations and shaped their lives. We talk about novels, personal development, nonfiction, classics, and children's books. All genres are welcome here. We also share reading memories, books we're reading now, and those embarrassing moments when we mispronounce a word in public. It's a lot of fun. Oh, and a quick heads up, we do occasionally use some salty adult language, so be aware of that. Now get comfy, and let's get into books that shape us. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Books That Shape Us. I'm Meg Runyon, and today we're going to talk about poetry. So, what does that make you think of when you think of poetry? Like, oh, yes, I'm excited, or do you feel like, ugh, poetry, and you roll your eyes a little bit? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I wanted to talk about poetry because I have had a lot of changes in my opinion and relationship with poetry, and I want to share that with you. So when I was a kid, I loved poetry. I, when I discovered it and like maybe we talked about it in school or whatever, like I just remember thinking like, what? This feels like all the rules that I'm learning about how to write sentences and things like that, all these rules are going away. I felt completely free and I just dove in. I, you know, you didn't have to worry about writing to the end of a page and like write lines after lines after lines of, of prose like you do when you're writing a story or writing a report. With poetry, you just you can just write a few words and and some learning that some poetry has structure like haikus where you you just try and figure out how to use a certain number of syllables and it's just three lines and then you're done and like you don't have to come up with complete sentences you don't even have to worry about punctuation i just thought that was the awesomest thing just completely magical and so i wrote a lot of poems when I was little. I don't know if you'd felt the same way, but yeah, I loved writing poetry and I don't know that I have really any of those old poems. They're probably very silly and very ridiculous, but hey, that's the part of growing up and discovering poetry. Like it's going to be goofy and and yeah. So, I used to love poetry. And 
I even am now remembering how for one Christmas, I don't remember how old I was, probably early middle school, junior high-ish age, I want to say, I wrote a bunch of poems, stapled them all together, and gave these little booklets of poems to my parents and my siblings as Christmas gifts. And I thought I was the awesomest thing. And you know, if any of my siblings are listening to this right now, um, <laughs> I apologize for my uh, bad poetry Christmas gift. So, yeah, that happened. I did that. But then I think right around middle school, junior high, definitely in high school and in college, I stopped liking poetry. I don't know if it was part of that developmental time in my life where, you know, you're getting more self-conscious and you want to be cool and writing poetry to me wasn't cool. Or I want to say, too, that all of a sudden it felt like poetry got serious in school. And I didn't really like those poems that we would study in school. I never really enjoyed them. Yeah, I remember around that time, I, I loved reading the Anne of Green Gables books. And she loved poetry. And she would just read it and just be so moved by poetry. And I remember thinking, like, that's cool that you are moved by that poetry, but I don't, I don't get it. Or, okay, kind of just shrug my shoulders. I also remember when Dead Poets Society came out, this movie with Robin Williams, and um, like he teaches an English class at an East Coast boys boarding school. It was about you know teaching teaching these young men about poems that were really good poems, and. I remember watching that movie and loving the movie, but at the same time just being like, I kind of don't get these poems. I'm glad you're passionate about it, but I don't get it. And I definitely felt that way in in college. Just like, geez, poems, I don't get them. And they are not speaking to me. And they just feel heavy. Like I didn't, It seemed like I was supposed, there was some sort of message I was supposed to get from these poems. And in class, we were supposed to decipher the meaning and what was the poet really saying. And I just remember getting really frustrated of just like, well, how am I supposed to know that this imagery of a nightingale is some sort of revolutionary thought? of the times or like alluding to some sort of change in the culture kind of a thing. I don't, I didn't get that when I read it, but apparently I was supposed to, or I don't quote, get the poem if I don't see that imagery. And so I just kind of threw up my hands and just being like, okay, well, I don't get poems. I don't get poets. I like their interesting use of language, but I just don't get 
these meanings that I'm supposed that my teacher is telling me that I'm supposed to get, or that these poems just aren't speaking to me. They're not resonating with me. I don't feel any sort of inspiration or passionate spark from these from these poems. And so I just thought like I guess I just I'm just one of those people who doesn't get poems. Quote unquote get poems. Yeah. And I was resigned to that for a while. And then something started to change. I think one of the first things that really started to change my mind about poetry was I worked on an organic farm and they had a big red barn where they had some animals. And on the side of their barn, they had a short poem by William Carlos Williams. I believe it's called Little White Hens. And it was a short poem about a wheelbarrow and white hens running around the wheelbarrow. And it was cute, and I enjoyed it. I, that, I think that was one of the reasons why I chose to work at that farm when I was interviewing at a couple different places, is that I liked that they had a poem on their barn. Soon after that, I started noticing in some of the books I was reading, at the beginning of a chapter, there would be a quote from a poem. And a couple of them really caught my eye. And so I started looking for those poems. Or maybe I didn't even realize they were a poem at the time, but I loved the quote so much. So I looked up those, those quotes, found the poem that they came from, and I started to read poetry again. And I started to find poets that actually spoke to me. And now my relationship with with poems is is different. And that is like I thoroughly get that there's poets out there who I don't resonate with. And they may have won awards, they may be famous poets, they may be poets that other people cite as their favorites, and that's great. And I don't have to get their poetry. Their poetry might not be for me. The fun thing is, is that I'm starting to find and have found poets that speak to me. And I'm super excited to share a couple with you today. Some of the early poems that I found that started to bring me back to enjoying poetry. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about like why why poetry? Like what why do I find poetry important? And I think it was Emily Dickinson, who is a poet that I don't read a lot of, but she said in one of her poems, tell the truth, but tell it slant. And that is what I love about poems is that poetry has a different perspective than straight up 
reporting, information, or even storytelling. Poetry has a way of telling the truth slant, of getting at the truth in a different way. Maybe it's because poetry has a lot more freedom than a lot of prose or storytelling does. Like Poetry doesn't have to use complete sentences. It doesn't have to follow a plot. I mean, it can, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to explain itself. It just is. Maybe that's one of the things I love about it, is that it doesn't spend time trying to explain itself and explain why it's interesting and explain why it's important and explain why you need to have poetry in your life. Poetry just is. And if you get the poem, great. And if you don't, that's great too. The poem doesn't need you to like it. The poem doesn't need you to understand it. Just is. And it will say things just as, it, as the poet sees it. It tells the truth in a different and a dynamic way. I think maybe because there's more freedom with the imagery that happens in poetry. There's fewer words on the page, so you have space to mull it over. Sometimes the poems are long, sometimes they're short. You just have that space to maybe go back and read a few lines or there's just something in the language that catches your attention a vibrant image image of some sort and I think it gets it just gets at the truth in a different way one of my favorite poems that I I'm pretty sure I read when I was working at that farm that I read it for the first time um, it's called Wild Geese, and it's by Mary Oliver, who is an American poet who I think passed away back in 2019, so fairly recently. So this is Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains, and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clear blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting. Over and over, Announcing your place in the family of things. I remember reading that and just feeling seen. 
and feeling comforted. This image of the world offering itself to my imagination, that I have a place in the world. I just love that poem so much and still do. Another poem that came to me early in my rediscovery of poetry is is by a a Persian poet, Hafiz. Um, He lived in the 14th century, so a really long time ago. And I think I first heard this poem in an interview. I loved this interview. It was a podcast, actually. And they read this poem. And I loved the conversation that was happening in the podcast. And this poem was, was just like a, a side thing. It was not the main part of the, of the podcast. And so the, the guest was sharing this poem that meant a lot to them. And immediately I knew, I was like, I love this poem. So the title of the poem is With That Moon Language. And this is by Hafiz, a 14th century Persian poet. With that moon language. Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course, you do not do this out loud, otherwise someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying, with that sweet moon language, what every other eye in this world is dying to hear? That was a poem that spoke to me immediately, this desire for connection and and recognizing myself in it and the inspiration of being what you are looking for. And hey, if these poems aren't doing it for you, I totally get it and that's totally fine. And that's one of the things that I love about poetry is that it might not speak to you, but you might find others out there that speak to you. And by rediscovering poetry and discovering poems or poets that that somehow like I feel like I get what they're saying and I resonate with what they're saying has has opened me up just like other books have opened me up in different ways. I feel like it's it's another way to get at deep truth, truth of our existence, truth of what it's like to be human in this world, and the truth of how we are connected. So I have other favorites. Um, I love Maya Angelou. I love Rumi. I love John O'Donohue and David White. And there are others. It's so fun to see a world opening up of like, ah, I never knew. And as I read some, read poets, I, I discover new ones. And, and I'm getting to know new poets, new to me. They might not be alive anymore, but they're new to me. And, you know, just like, 
discovering a new favorite author, discovering a new favorite poet is just, well, they don't have to be your favorite, but a new poet is just one of those heart-opening moments. One of those moments of like your shoulders roll back and a sense of relief and a feeling of groundedness happens. And there are funny poets out there that I enjoy too. I, it's, they can make you laugh. They can make you cry. They can make you think. They can make you mad. It's a beautiful world. And I'm so glad that I have been able to find my way back to poetry without the heaviness of trying to figure out what the poet is trying to say and what they mean in like that academic, educational kind of thing of like, this is the sanctioned meaning of this poem kind of a thing. I love that poetry can be wild, understood, misunderstood, and you can come to poetry as like, does this resonate with me? Yes? Awesome. No? Still awesome. And you can still look for those poets that speak to your soul. So I'm curious, what's your relationship to poetry? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Have you not thought about it for a while? Do you roll your eyes when people talk about poetry? Just curious. And no wrong answers. Just like it doesn't matter what genre of books that you enjoy. It's, it's okay if you don't really care for poetry. I just want to invite you to, well, what do you think about poetry? And could there be some poetry out there that, that you do like? And my other question is, have you ever had a poem resonate with you? Like I said, like that heart-opening feeling or like your shoulders roll back or a sense of, of clarity happening or maybe like a soaring sensation when you read a poem or hear a poem read. And if you have, I'd love to hear it. So in the show notes, there is a link to my creative and inspirational book list. And in that book list, I have a list of poets, again, not exhaustive, but a list of some of my favorite poets. And maybe start there if you're curious to see if there's poems out there that speak to you. And if you do have some poems or poets that speak to you, I would love to hear it. So you can go to my Instagram account at Meg Runyon Studios. There's a link in the show notes. And share with me your favorite poem or poet. I'd love to hear it. Come to poetry as like not a have to understand, but just being open to the words washing over you. And if, if they click, if they resonate, they do. And if they don't, they don't. And both are okay. All right. If you go in the show notes as well, you will find ways that you can support the podcast by donating money. 
And you can also find my contact information if you are interested in learning more about how I work with people as a coach. I am a body-mind coach, and I help people who feel stuck, disconnected, feeling kind of dry in their life. I help them reconnect to their body and their inner, wise, creative self. And spoiler alert, everybody's creative, no matter who you are. So I help people connect to that creative self so that they can live a life that's full of passion, possibility, and playfulness. And if that sounds interesting to you, my contact information is in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. All right, everyone, that's my thoughts on poetry. I hope that you go out and find, find a poet that resonates with you. Until next time, take care. <laughs>